0: Only from Rustolium. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, guys, tell me what's going on. We are traveling a lot this week for college tours. It's so different than we, Mary, You know, like the one we did it. So, yeah. well, yeah, it is different, my We're on the older side of things now. It is different. My- oh. <laughs> Hello. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Everything Iconic. With me, Danny Pellegrino. That was a clip from this week's Real House in Salt Lake City. Now, I have to say, bravo to Meredith Marks, her sister, her nephew, her niece, who were all opening up about this family situation in regards to mental health. I think it's amazing when anyone can open up about their mental health struggles, particularly on this national platform of the Real Houses on Bravo. So all of that said... I have to discuss the way that they were saying each other's names because when I saw Meredith's uh, sister stroll on into frame and they gave her a title card that said M-Y-R-A, I assumed, apparently wrongly assumed, that that meant her name was Myra. And then what came out of Meredith's Marks' mouth uh, was not that. It was this. It is different, Myra Orr. my Who the fuck's Myor? <laughs> Who's my whore? I Where is the... Uh, I, like, the way she said that, you guys, I had tears in my eyes laughing. I'm like, what the... Who the fuck did she just say? And it wasn't just Meredith. It was the sister then was also calling Meredith. She said Meredith's name, strange. Let's say, take a listen to that. Mary you know, like... Mer. <laughs> they were both, like, fucking Finding Nemo. Remember when Dory's trying to speak whale and Dory's like, hi, whale. <laughs> That's what I feel like Meredith and her sister were calling those names. And it was just not the pronunciation that I expected. And what do I know? I've got a Cleveland accent. You guys tell me all the time i got this Cleveland accent. But when I saw N Y R A, I I certainly didn't expect to hear this. It is different, Myra. Myor? Who the fuck's Myra? Myra. <laughs> oh, I laughed so hard. And I know it was a serious scene about, again, intense struggles with mental health. And I support that and bravo to them. But I don't know who Myra is because I was I suspecting was Myra. And then Meredith, when she said like, it was like, what is happening? What is these accents? Where are they from? Maybe I, I, we often focus on Whitney Wild Rose's accent when she says hillin' and fillins and rillins and whatever. And now I'm just here, Meredith Marks. I'm like, what is happening on this show? It's the most insane show and I love it with every ounce of my being, but I'm like, who's the fuck's my And it took me out of the scene. I know they didn't mean to take me out of the scene, but when I heard my it is different, mayor. It is different, mayor. I loved it. Ah, uh, you guys, I loves like literal tears in my eyes when it was like mayor, and then mayor. Like, <laughs> sorry to focus on it so much. And that's like a low res version of it because I couldn't get the high res audio in time for the recording of this podcast. But I had to have the audio because I was like, how, Who did they say now? Who's a what now? And I loved it. I love these women. God bless them. Anyway, we're at mid-season, apparently. We're at episode eight. They showed the mid-season trailer. At the end of this episode, it looks thrilling. They're going to be going to San Diego. And it is true, Jen Shaw says she can't go because out of the country because of uh, her legal situation, her legal shadrama. And so that's why they're going to San Diego. And I'm not uh, super excited about San Diego. I live right near San Diego, so I'm not sure that I need to see that on my screen. But they can't go too many places because she's under the investigation by the law. And so it is what it is. That's where they're going. But we're mid-season. I thought, are we already mid-season? That worries me a little bit because that leads me to believe we're only getting, what, 14 episodes? We're getting like a New Jersey season where New Jersey's usually 12, 13, 14 episodes. Whereas Beverly Hills, we got them for 100 years It felt like that season lasted – it was like 29 episodes or something. Like we were in the 90s, and they used to do – back in the 90s, they would have 29-episode seasons, like the OC or whatever. And now on Beverly Hills, they're doing that long of seasons. And then here on Salt Lake City, which is delivering – in my eyes, every single week, we're only getting, I don't know, 12 episodes for episode 8. Maybe we're getting 14, 15, 16 Although I suppose episode 8, that means we're getting 16. That's the math, right? I should learn how to do math. Anyway, moving on, uh, we open with Lisa Barlow Cookin'. Now, she is telling the kids she wants to do Bible study and scripture once a week. She's missing God. Remember, she said last week, God loves her so much. God, whatever. And so she wants her kids. She said, I think my kids need to see me course correct. And I need to take my kids to church. God loves me. Like, the world is crazy. And you need to have a good core. So she tells the kids as they're getting ready for dinner. Although I love every single week the family shades are about not cooking. And meanwhile, I'm thinking, like, you guys get up and cook. I mean, honestly... Let the husband cook. Why is Lisa Barlow got to be worrying about cooking? She's selling the Vita tequila. She's doing whatever she's got to do to get on the store shelves. And uh, so she's busy. She don't have time to be cooking everybody a meal. And they're all giving her all this hard time, all this grief about not cooking every single week. And to that I say, Jack and whatever your names are, Henry or Harry, what are their kids' names? It doesn't matter. But get up to the fucking oven and you cook yourself. Make yourself a meal. uh a microwavable dish or something. Jack's falling asleep in the scene. Did anyone catch that? He closed his eyes. And I know he's the one who said, fudge college, fudge college. And I'm thinking, you need to get your ass up and work, in the words of Kim Kardashian. It seems like none of these Jacks want to work anymore. And I am talking about Jack Barlow, if that was his name. I'm not sure. I can't remember. But he needs to get up to the stove and get his ass into gear. If he's not going to be doing uh, further studies, then you know what he should be doing Getting into the refrigerator and taking out some raw meats and putting them on the stove, making some meals for the family. I mean, what is he doing? He's taking a nap? And then the husband saying something about meditating. And Lisa's completely ignoring him. That was funny too, because the husband was like, "Yeah, I also think you can meditate. Besides just going to prayer or service or whatever, you should also meditate by yourself." And Lisa was just completely ignoring him. It was like she could use the meditation. But, you know, she's got a lot on her mind. She called her best friend a 10 years of garbage whore behind the mic. And she's uh, getting uh, Utah Jazz tickets by SNCMD or whatever. I don't remember the that situation. It seems like we just sort of dropped the ball on that whole thing. Haven't heard Utah Jazz in two weeks. And I'm like, what happened there? And none of, it, none of these storylines are making sense. Because last week, it seemed like Heather and Whitney Weather were in this big fight. Uh, Heather stormed out of the room and said, Whitney, get the fuck out. Then this week, Whitney's calling to say, Oh, I'm joining the choir. And I don't know about you all, but I had the, what we used to call Rony whiplash, which is where the storylines are moving so quickly that we can't keep up. We're just watching. It's like, who's mad at whom? And what's happened there? And they're made up. And that's happening now. Salt Lake City has more whiplash than I ever saw in Rony. I mean, this, every episode's like scary island on real Salt Lake City because it's like they hate each other one week and then suddenly they're joining each other's choirs. And meanwhile, what's everything happening at a choir practice for? I assumed, I guess wrongly, that last week was the end of the choir situation. We had the choir auditions. It was completely unhinged. We had these two women dressed alike doing a whole routine. Had Lisa Barlow singing Away in a Manger. And now we're sitting down at choir practice, and we're having a whole scene there at the choir practice, and they're all singing the hymnals while they're fighting. Lisa Barlow and Heather Gay, they were fighting while they were all doing the hymnals. And so it's all craziness, all craziness. And it almost felt like, did anyone else get the feeling of maybe we were watching a rerun? Because early in the episode, they also went skiing. And I was like, wait, haven't we been skiing before? Like, am I going nuts? Am I in the Twilight Zone? Because then they were skiing again. And then we were at the choir thing again. And I wasn't sure. And I just praised them last week about having new scenes and doing different things than the other shows. Like choir practice is not something we've seen on The Real Houses of Orange County. So I was giving them so many props. And then now I'm like, okay, but now we're skiing again. Now we're doing the choir practice again. Because I was kind of ready to leave there. I was done. Anyway, uh, Lisa and Whitney, we see them. Uh, Jen shows up for the skiing And I want to go skiing. It made me want to go skiing. But I do have to point out that Whitney Wildrose, and I've been extra hard on Whitney Wildrose, and I understand that I see that in the mirror when I look at myself at night. I understand that I've been tough on her. You all have let me know that. You've sent me the DMs. I get it. I have been tough on her. And it's only because I love our Whitney Wildrose. And so I'm going to continue being tough. And I don't want to say this, but I have to say this. And that is she's really trying to, how do I put this? She's trying to appropriate Mary Cosby's catchphrase. Okay, so we all know Mary Cosby, who we are dearly departed from the show. Mary Cosby has a catchphrase where she called Whitney Wildrose, a little girl, little girl, little girl. Remember, she shouted that at her across the table. Now, I am of the opinion that Whitney is now trying to take this catchphrase as her own when this is Mary Cosby's catchphrase. So in this scene of the skiing, she was talking about how at skiing, Whitney says in her confessional, there's no more little girls. We're going to the big girl hill. Or she said something like that about little girl. And I thought, Whitney, this is not your catchphrase. This is Mary Cosby's catchphrase. It's one thing to make light of it at one moment, but I feel like this has got to be upwards of five, six, seven times that she said little girl as if it was her own little girl catchphrase. And it's not and I will not be bamboozled into thinking that she has come up with the rays of Little Girl. This was Mary Cosby. It plays in my head over and over again. When I close my eyes at night, you know what I see? Mary Cosby yelling at Whitney Wildrose and calling her a little girl. Little girl. a Little girl. That's what I hear in my head and that's what I see. So I know I will not be fooled into thinking that it was Whitney Wildrose who keeps seemingly saying and bringing up the little girl thing. And I even think she's selling merch on the website that says little girl. And I know that Mary called her the little girl. I just feel like it's misappropriation of catchphrase work from The Real Housewives. And they look, she's not the first person to do this. Certainly other housewives have done this. I I vaguely remember there being a story where Jill Zarin was selling merch or something with other women's housewife taglines on. And to me, that's unacceptable. It's unacceptable. Now, if Meredith Marks wants to sell merch that just says mayor. It is different mayor. If she wants to do that, so be it. That's her catchphrase now. I will forever, when I hear the word mayor, or if somebody's talking about a public office and they're running for mayor, then I'm going to think of Meredith Marks. And so if she wants to do that, God bless, I'm going to be first in line to buy a mayor shirt. Uh, Or if the sister wants to sell something that says, uh, however she said Meredith's name. Marina, you know, (laughs) like... This show is so stupid. I love him. But if the sister wants to sell it, So, uh, great, I'll be there, I'll be buying at the swap meet or wherever she's selling it. But I will not accept other housewives taking other people's catchphrases, right? It's just, it's a step too far, and I know everyone's got to pay the bills, got to pay the rent, and I know the husband lost his job, and so Whitney had invested all this money into her business last season, that was a big storyline— but I, then you need to come up with your own thing. Like, you need to come up with your own crazy way of saying things. Don't just take Mary Cosby's. And I worry about Mary Cosby sitting watching the show. You know she's pissed. She, I just know it. I feel it. And honestly, I sort of get it because it'd be frustrating to me if I came up with a catchphrase on a TV show, national televised TV show. And then someone was selling merch and trying to use my catchphrase all the time. I'd say, what the fuck are you doing? Imagine if on the show family matters, suddenly Carl and Laura Winslow were walking around every scene and being like, did I do that? And that's Steve Urkel's catchphrase. You couldn't just let Carl Winslow do the catchphrase. It doesn't work. And yet on the housewives, I'm suddenly expected to be leave that Whitney Wild Rose is just always running around saying little girl, little girl. And it's just not okay. It's just not, I will not accept it. And neither would Steve Urkel or Steve Urkel when he turned into Stephen Stefan Urkel. He wouldn't have accepted that either. You have a character and the character says catchphrase. I'm sorry, how much time did I spend on that? I'm sorry. Anyway, we're all talking about the auditions at the ski hill too. Whitney and Lisa are talking to each other like, how did the audition go? How did it go? And then they show the footage of... Whitney Wildrose calling Heather Gay and asking to be in the choir and saying you got to prove for the choir. And I'm like, I thought they hate each other. It's just is not making any sense. None of this is adding up to me, and I'm enjoying it. I'm just a little confused. And also I'm confused that everyone all of a sudden wants to be in the choir, and it's like, did you think you not were going to be in the choir? Like, how did you think this was going to go? You're the only people in the cast. It was a five-person cast. And there were ten people at the audition. Not Probably not even, probably nine people. Less than ten were at that audition. I remember it. It was last week, and I remember it. And so now we're led to believe that they're all worried about getting in the choir. It's like, of course you're all in the fucking choir. Even though Meredith's just doing costuming, which, like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> just Meredith, I just imagine her coming in with, like, a rack of clothes and just being like, here's your costumes, my R. It is different, my horror. Sorry to keep playing that. <laughs> I think I'll have a certain name. So strolling in with some Chardonnay and some costumes and making everyone suit up. And I wonder, is that because she can't sing? That makes me like her even more, because I can't sing either. And so I love me some Meredith Marks this week. Oh, I was loving her. Um, okay, what else was going on? Elisa said, in regards to Heather Gay, all of her stuff is a house of cards built on a house of lies. I don't even know what that means. And also, I don't understand these allegiances. Jen's mad at Heather Gay. I don't get it. I don't get it. Then we cut to the scene with Coach Shaw. And, uh, I did not care for this. Seth shows up and Seth kept saying, bringing the South to your mouth. He kept saying it a hundred times. I was like, shut up, Seth. <laughs> shut up. I was getting so mad. Like, shut up. What did he keep saying that he was trying to make that his catchphrase. And I think it was just like the restaurant's tagline or something that that man who was the chef worked at. But Seth just kept saying, bring the South to your mouth and like high five and everyone I'm like get out of here. Seth!" and then all these other people showed up that I never even seen or heard of before. It was like Seth, Justin, Sean, Ernesto, John. They were just throwing straight men into the scene. I'm like, who the fuck is that? and then I'm trying to watch them all, and I don't know who they are, and then suddenly we're at a five-minute prayer circle where they're saying grace before they dig into some mac and cheese, and I'm like, what the fuck is this? How did this happen? I tune into The Real Houses of Salt Lake City. I'm not tuning in to a bunch of straight men saying a prayer before they dive into some pulled pork. What was that about? It was like a solid— it felt like longer than five minutes. It felt like I was watching two hours of them just— uh, for saying a prayer. And, and no, God bless anyone who wants to say a prayer before they eat a meal. I'm not shade in that. I'm just saying, I don't know who these people are. Who's Ernesto? Who's Sean? Apparently, they're the husbands of these cast members who are auditioning to be on the show. So it's Dana and Angie Kay. And, but then meanwhile, I'm like, the only husband I want to see at this meal is the one who created Shaw Exposed account and tried to take down Lisa Barlow on Instagram as a 50-something man. So he's the one that I'm interested in hearing from. And instead, producers are like, let's throw Ernesto in there. I'm like, who the fuck is that? You might as well put someone named Mayor in there. That is different, Mayor. I mean, you might as well have thrown a man named Mayor in there because I don't know who the fuck any of these people are. And Sean, who's Sean? It's like, ah, it was a real low point. And then they should have just seasoned meat. Like, uh, this is not the Food Network, sir. I do not need to see these men seasoning a big slab of raw meat, a pork butt. Note to self, I don't need to see that. I don't need to see these men. I don't even know who they are. I don't want to see raw meat in any circumstance on television. It's not of interest to me, let alone any of them cooking a meal. I don't care about them cooking, but they just had a bunch of seasoning salts and a big old raw pork butt. And I don't need to see an animal carcass in the middle of the housewives. Like, that's not what I tune in for. There's so much other stuff going on. It seems to me like it could have been a nice time to touch down and see where Jen's legal shadrama is happening. What's going on with stew chains? Or like, couldn't there have been a scene that would have been better suited for this instead of just seeing these men who I don't even know season some raw meat? It just was not, I, I, it was going on too long. I'm sorry to harp on. I'm sorry being. Rude to these men, but like put them on some other network. I don't know what that is. Put them on Crackle or the Roku or something. I don't know. I don't know where you got to put them. Can't they start a YouTube channel? What uh, raw meat with Coach Shaw or something? I don't know that it would have. I'm not the creative coming up with everyone's ideas. I'm just saying maybe we could send them off to another TV network or something because it's too much for me. Okay. We need to take a break here. And then we're gonna come back and I gotta talk about how Meredith Marks said the word unky instead of uncle, because I have a lot of thoughts on that. And I'm <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts. Also, I want to let you all know that next week, the shows, we will not be doing recaps. It's, of course, Thanksgiving week. So the recaps will be off for about a week and a half or so. Uh, but I do have some amazing interviews coming next week and the week after. So uh, if you haven't listened, I did an interview with Dustin Milligan this week. He's from Schitt's Creek. He stars in a new movie called The People We Hate at the Wedding. And he's a Bravo super fan. So the whole episode is Bravo-based. He's got such good opinions. We talk about Bravo for the whole almost the entire time, and it's a really, really good one. So if you haven't listened to that, super encourage it, because if you like the Bravo stuff, you will love my chat with Dustin Milligan. It's on the podcast feed. Also, speaking of podcast feed, I did a recap of the new Lindsay Lohan holiday movie called The Falling for Christmas, which is on Netflix. I have a whole separate holiday podcast called The Very Merry Iconic Podcast, you can listen to that recap over on that other podcast feed for um, that show. So just search for that show and you can listen to that recap. We had a lot of fun and we always have fun covering the holiday movies. So thank you to Acast. Uh, we will be right back. Yeah, 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 yeah. Look, the weather's getting warmer. personal favorite. I always love getting new polos for the summertime, and they have a fantastic selection. I'm very particular about the collar, and I love the collar on the performance polos that I got. They also have versatile flow knit activewear, and the best part, 365-day returns. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash iconic to get free shipping and 365-day returns. quince.com slash iconic. that's one month for just one dollar at Shopify.com/everythingiconic. shopify dot com slash everything iconic shopify s h o p i f y dot com slash everything iconic Now, that's a great thing. I love using Redfin. I love checking out. If you're buying or selling a home and you you need some help with that, check out Redfin. Download the Redfin app to get started. And we're back. Stupid looking hat. Okay, so now we have that scene with Meredith, the niece and the nephew, and the sister, Mayor. And it's a beautiful scene. Again, I I hope I wasn't being insensitive about the situation, about what this scene is about. I was simply laughing at the pronunciation of Myra slash Mayor. And so I hope that you all aren't taking that the wrong way, because I really thought this was so beautiful. I think it's amazing that Meredith is during this event. She opens up about the situation about her nephew. She says that last winter, he drank a bottle of bleach, I'm so it's so heartbreaking and he seems to be doing well and Meredith's sister says he's doing uh, he's on the other side of things and he has had mental health and drug addiction issues and so all of our love and heart goes out to him their whole family and Just how incredible it is for them to be talking about on TV. I just think it would be so scary to open up about that for a national audience. And so the fact that he is, the family is, I just think it's a beautiful thing. And also how wonderful, supportive they seem of each other. Meredith says in regards to her and her sister, they've had some rocky times. Of course, they lost their father, which was another heartbreaking situation that Meredith opened up about last reunion. And so I think Meredith is uh, wonderful for opening up. Wonderful. But when they finish making the white bean salad, she does send off the kids. And I, you know, I love when they send off people who aren't meant to be in the scene, because I always imagine producers being like, okay, you got to get out of here. <laughs> like we just need to pare down the cast before we finish this scene. And so producers stepped in. They were like, okay, the niece and nephew, you got to go take the white bean salad. And the excuse that they sent off the kids with was uh, Meredith says, will you guys run this up to Unky? Anki and production didn't even know how to spell Anki and I'm assuming it meant to uncle, right? Uncle Seth. I guess that's what they meant, but these were grown kids and she was just saying Anki and it spelled it. They spelled it unkie, which I guess is how you spell Anki. It was just a strange. I don't know. It's I mean, I would at this point love a whole family series just centered on the marks because it's like fascinating to me. The mayor, let's, let's get cameras as if they're Kardashians. Eh, Because mayor, I got a lot of questions about mayor and now Anki and just get it, send this white bean salad to Anki. I don't know what that was about, but I'm into it. Anyway, then we cut to Heather at the first choir rehearsal. Now these muscly choir guys in the tight tees, they're running joint. They're running the joint and Jen Shaw, meanwhile she shows up thinking she's going to be running the joint. And I need someone to take away that loudspeaker that she's had for every fucking episode. Every single time I see her with that bullhorn or whatever that is, that microphone thing, it's every episode. And when are we going to take that away? Much like Marisol in The Real House is Miami when she was doing every scene with that bedazzled tumbler mug. I, at a certain point, we need to take the props away. And Kyle Richards, the Splits Richards with her agency hats stupid looking hat! you need to take it away somebody needs to step in it's got to be a pa needs to step in i know sometimes we might not want to approach these big stars of these shows but somebody's gonna need to approach these big stars of the shows because we can't just have jen shah running around with that loudspeaker every scene it's too much and look did she plead guilty to bamboozling the elderly she sure did but the real crime is that stupid loudspeaker that she carries around in every scene that's the real crime here And so, if for nothing else, they better convict her of that. I need to see her behind bars for that loudspeaker because it's too much in every scene. And Marisol better—they better book her too for that tumbler before we start the next season of The Real House in Miami. They better put her in the clink because I can't look at her with that tumbler again. And Kyle, the splits Richards—if I have to see another big ass hat, stupid looking hat—then you're going to have to go behind bars too. Do I have to step in? Do I have to get the, the law involved, Biden? What are you doing? Let's get on this, because it's important. It's important, and I can't look at it again. I can't look at that loudspeaker again. Now, Angie K. she's getting involved in the drama. She says, uh, Dana said that Jen was bullying, and the way she was, and you know the housewives hate the word bullying. You can say one worse word than the word bullying to these women. I mean, to them, that is the peak. That is it. If you call a housewife a bully, that is the worst thing you could say. You could call them a garbage whore fucked half in New York behind the uh, behind the door of the scene. And yet still, I bet Meredith Marks would be more pissed if Lisa called her a bully. You cannot call each other bullies. So the moment that Jen finds out that another person called her a bully, she's not happy. She's not happy because they hate that word. And then Angie says this to Jen. She says, you need to be careful and not be around dangerous people who don't have your back. So now this Angie's all up Jen's ass. And it seems like that turns because in the mid-season preview we see Jen Shaw pouring uh, something on top of Angie's head. So I'm very invested in that, very invested to see what happens, how this turns, because it seems like Angie at this point is up Jen's ass. And so we don't know what's going to happen. We're going to have to show wait and find out. Now, then we cut to Heather's choir rehearsal. Heather gives Whitney a big hug, which I do not understand. And Lisa comes in, and Lisa says, in regards to her relationship with Heather, she says, in true Heather fashion, uh we in true Heather and Lisa fashion, we put a band aid on things and we didn't do sutures. We just did a band-aid and so <laughs> Lisa's metaphors are always the best. And then Angie Harrington shows up and that's when Jen is like, This is not the time and place for me to have a conversation with Angie Harrington. And I'm thinking, like, what is the time and place to have a conversation with Angie Harrington? Like you're just at a choir rehearsal. It's not like we're at the White House. <laughs> Like I love, I love when these housewives they have this idea of like this is not the time and place or when they have a birthday or some event they're like this is not the time or the place for me to confront you about why I hate you and it's like it's the exact time and place because you're filming a TV show about your interpersonal dynamics and and specifically this is just a choir rehearsal so I don't think this is some sort of precious sacred ground that we can't approach each other and luckily Lisa and Heather knew that because they got into it in the midst of the higher choir hymnals. So I just wish that Jen wouldn't have tried to halt that conversation with Angie Harrington, a.k.a. Sarah Paulson. Uh, but I don't know what's happening. Lisa and Heather are arguing, though, while everyone's like, la, 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 like they were all, <laughs> that choir was going on in the background, and they were just arguing. And then the, this is the sentence that Heather said. She said, why would you take something so sensitive as my dad's obituary and the texts you sent while he was in the hospital dying and tweet them? That's what she says to Lisa Barlow and Lisa Barlow's defending herself and like, what a fucking insane fight. Like I have never in my life could have imagined that something like this would be on my TV screens and I'm I'm a better person for it, a better human for it. Now I one of the things I want to say is that oftentimes I find myself on YouTube at night. And specifically, I watch a lot of nostalgia stuff on YouTube. And the other day, I was in this spiral where I was watching old holiday commercials on the YouTube. It was like an hour of Christmas commercials from the 80s and 90s. So I saw this whole commercial thing where it was B. Arthur for Shopper's Drug Mart. It was a Shopper's Drug Mart campaign that she did. She's playing Mrs. Claus in the Shopper's Drug Mart commercials. And it was so fascinating to me, but it really got me thinking, and this is sort of a crazy thought, but it really got me thinking, like, what would B. Arthur think of today? Because B. Arthur has been passed, unfortunately, for a while now. So she uh, has always been someone who had very strong opinions about media, and she's been an outspoken feminist. And so I just wish, and I feel that way with a lot of our our past people, the pioneers in the entertainment industry, I think. like, What would Lucille Ball have thought of all of these women on Bravo saying that they're just like Lucy Nethel? What would these pioneers of the entertainment industry have thought? What does Marilyn Monroe think about Kim Kardashian getting the dress from Ripley's Believe It or Not to wear it at the red carpet? Which, by the way, is anyone watching the Kardashians? They took the they took the, um, she got the dress from Ripley's Believe It or Not. She just went to Florida and got that dress. And we were all acting like it was some sacred dress. And I was like, it was sitting at the Ripley's Believe It or Not. (laughs) I mean, that show, that show to me this season, I felt like it went off a little bit the deep end in terms of, it felt almost too extravagant to me. Does anyone else feel that way about the Kardashians on Hulu? It was like watching Courtney and Travis in Italy. It's so beautiful, and I know, understand there's like a wish-fulfillment aspect of it, but it just felt like too excessive to me this season. I don't know why. It just really felt like, I don't know, it went off the deep. I did watch every episode. I did watch every Okay, back to the Salt Lake City Housewives. So that sentence about Lisa Barlow tweeting the dad's obituary and the text that while she sent while he was passing away, I mean, that's some bleak stuff. That's some dark-sided things. And I can't believe this is a fight that's happening. And Lisa says, she I just had to clear my name. That's how why she excused the fact that she tweeted the obituary and all that stuff. And it's all happening with music in the background. And Lisa says to Heather, do you like me? It's a yes or a no. And obviously, neither one of them like each other. I don't believe any of these women like each other. When this uh, franchise started, I at least believed that Lisa and Meredith liked each other. Now, none of them do. Not a single one. We're all just... It's a mix of people that I don't understand. And I love, and I don't want them to ever get off my TV screen. And I'll be devastated if they ever do get off my TV screen, because it's insane, and I love it. Then we cut to Angie and Jen talking, okay? So they do end up having a little bit of a conversation. Jen says, I'm going to trial to fight for my freedom. And Sharif gives Jen this idea that she needs Chris, the husband, who's 50-something, create an Instagram account, called Sha Exposed, She wants him to apologize publicly, because he created this account publicly, so she wants an apology publicly. And Angie says, yeah, she'll do that. And then Jen says, okay, we can move on. But here's the thing that's confusing to me, is ultimately, that whole account was to take down Lisa Barlow. But Lisa Barlow's at this choir practice and doesn't seem to have one lick of a problem with Angie Harrington, aka Sarah Paulson, aka Elizabeth Perkins. So, why does Jen have such an... I mean, it's all crazy. This None of it makes sense. None of it makes a lick of sense, and that's why it's so fun, but also why it makes no sense. Because why isn't Lisa mad at Angie Harrington now? Why is Jen so mad? And I understand the Shaw Exposed naming of the account, but ultimately the account wasn't going after Jen Shaw. So I understand why Jen be a little mad, but then for Lisa to just ignore it and focus on Heather's situation... Which Heather, I believe, has the right to be mad because Lisa tweeted out the dad's obituary. I mean, what the fuck is this show? What the fuck? It is different, Myra War. Trying to recap, it, I feel like I'm looking at my notes, you guys. This is crazy. Meanwhile, the choir is sitting there like the Who's in Whoville just singing, This'll Heal. <laughs> Although, you know, Whitney Wild Rose was like, This'll Heal. <laughs> I wonder if they had to give her different lyrics when they were singing, all that stuff because, they were singing a lyric, the hymnal that was just like "This will heal." Like af- as they're all fighting after they all hate each other, they're singing about "This will heal." And I'm just was thinking, Whitney Wildrose is probably sitting there singing "This will heal, this will heal," and you know that gay choir guy is like, "Who the fuck's Hill? What hill are you on, Whitney Wildrose?" Like. <laughs> one of those tight-shirted tight men. I mean, those gorgeous men in the choir just with the tight shirts. I mean, I'm surprised they were able to breathe through, get their diaphragm up to sing a song, a hymnal, because those shirts on those men, I mean, the circulation was cut off. And so I don't know their sexuality, but in my experience, and I hate to generalize and forgive me in advance, but in my experience, wearing shirts that tight lead me to believe that you're someone who enjoys the company of other men. And I could be wrong about them. But just I could immediately, you know, they talk about gaydar, we talk about that all the time. And I think we're entering this period of 2022, where the social norms aren't what they used to be, right? And we all need to start opening up our eyes and minds and ears. And yet still, in my mind, when I saw those choir men, I just thought, yeah, they're gay. And maybe I'm wrong. And I hope that I hope that I expand my point of view. Much in the same way that I hope Candace Cameron Boring, my arch nemesis, starts to expand her point of view, because she came out this week, and you know how I feel about her already. Do not like her. And yet, she came out, she moved to the GAC Network, which is a competitor of Hallmark. They're a very troublesome network, and I love Hallmark. I always have loved Hallmark, especially now that they've been more inclusive and they started featuring LGBTQ talent in front of the screen. And now C.C. Boring, she went over to the G.A.C. Network, sign exclusive over there. Good, good riddance, in my eyes. But then she gave an interview talking about traditional marriage and how they won't be gay people on that network. And you know what? This is not all right, Little girl. Anyway, I do not care for that woman. And I will be watching the Hallmark Countdown to Christmas. I will not be tuning into the G.A.C. Network. Not that I would have been anyway, but I especially won't be seeing that Candace Cameron Boring over there on the GAC network. Uh Uh-uh. I will stick to the Hallmark channel where I see Lacey Chabert on screen and I have a a good old time. Okay, where were we? Okay, so then everyone had just fought. The choir's singing about uh, this will heal, like they're who's in Whoville, and they all hate each other. At least one of them is on the run from the law, and then uh, we go to commercial. That's when we hear Whitney saying, coming up on The Real House of Salt Lake City. And then we open after the commercial with Meredith and our sixth housewife, a sad charcuterie plate. Dana shows up at her house. Dana and Mara are new friends now. Mara said she likes her. Meanwhile, Jen and Angie care at that rooftop pool spa place that they always seem to go to. I know we filmed there a bunch of times. I thought this was in San Diego when I saw the preview of coming attractions at the end of last week. I thought this was a scene from Santiago. And yet it was that rooftop pool that we've been in a hundred times where there's just one sad floaty, nobody else in the pool. I'm like, well, is this open to the public or what's going on? Jen Shaw exclusively, the only person that's allowed in that swimming pool. Because so I feel like I've only ever seen her there and not a single person, not even a worker, not even a, someone who's taken drink orders or something in the background. It's like I've only ever seen Jen Shaw and one other person in that pool. And so what's happening there? I'd like the, some answers on that. Anyway, they're doing this in-country trip. Jen Shaw says she wants fun, no drama, no trauma. She doesn't want to talk about the traumas. Tell the drama, no. And so Jen then calls over to Meredith and da- Dana, 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 Dana. Why do I want to say Dana now? It's Dana. And Jen calls over there, and over the phone, Dana says she doesn't like the way that Jen talks to people. And then Jen gets off the phone and she says, Now I'm being bullied. So now she's taking on that term bullying and says she's being bullied, even though last time it was Dana saying that Jen was bullying other people. And they love that word, bully. Don't they love it? They love it. Somebody needs to start doing merch that just says, I'm bullied or I was a bully or I got bullied. You know, it's like they love to play the victim and get bullied. Like they love it. They just think that word and it's like, ah, they're obsessed with that word bully. I love decorating the house and getting furniture, but sometimes it could be overwhelming to design a space. And so luckily I'm here to tell you about a company called Cozy. Now, Cozy is fantastic, a North American company that Anyway, that's the end of the episode. Then we get the midseason trailer. Did anyone see that TMZ thing where it was a was TMZ? Jen Shah got in a fight on the streets with somebody. They were getting in a big family argument. I didn't watch the video, but a lot of people sent it to me. I saw the headline, and I meant to watch it before we got on here. But, you know, I can't keep up with everything. But I meant to watch it. I'm going to go watch it as soon as we're done here. But apparently they caught Jen on a hot mic yelling at the family. And a lot of people thought that some of Jen's personality, she plays up for the cameras on the Salt Lake City Housewives, but I think that proves that she does not. It's just her. And so, it is her. Now, the mid-season trailer, we get San Diego, we get Heather singing a song called Suck Her Titties, her words. Then Jen pours water on Angie K. Meredith gets a DM about Lisa crowdfunding $25,000 for the Vita tequila business. Lisa gets pissed. Dana's friend reveals that her friend is an informant for Jen. Then there's a Marilyn Monroe party where they all dress as Marilyn Monroe, question mark. What is going on? What is going on? I wonder if they went over to the Ripleys, believe it or not, and got some costumes for that, because <laughs> like, all of a sudden they come in attractions. I'm like, why the fuck is Heather Gay dressed as, uh, why is she dressed as Meredith Monroe? Why is Mayor dressed like that? Mayor, you know, like... Why is Mayor oh, dressed like Meredith M- 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 Monroe? Marilyn <laughs> Monroe. Uh I need to go watch Finding Nemo. That's all I could think about. You, do you know what the scene I'm talking about is when Dory, played by Ellen DeGeneres... Who is hunky Dory? She starts trying to talk whale, and she's like, <laughs> that character. Oh my God, that's all I could think about with Meredith and the sister. Mayor. <laughs> Who is Dory? Oh, you guys, you guys, you guys, you guys. What else happened? There's a... Uh, Angie K versus Heather, Jen versus Heather, pure chaos. And then at the end of that mid-season trailer, it's just like Heather goes behind a door. And they allude to like somebody beating up, like we're in a fucking fight club, and somebody beats up Heather's face. And I don't think that's what happens. From what I've heard, and I don't know if this is true or not, but the thing that I heard is that we don't actually get any information. And I don't want to spoil it, but this is what I heard. Don't This stays between us girlfriends, okay? Nobody tweet this or anything. But I had heard that we don't get answers to this. So I don't even know, and maybe that's wrong. Sometimes I hear things, they're bad rumors, they come out to be false. But I had heard that we don't really get a full answer to what happens to Heather Gay's black eye. And yet they're leading us to believe in this mid-season trailer that, like, literally somebody is just behind that door with Heather Gay, and then, like, cold cocks her Mormon ass, cold cocks her formerly Mormon ass, And then she comes out with the black eye and has the sunglasses over her face and then reveals the black eye to the rest of the group. And I don't know that we're going to get these answers. I hope we get these answers because I need some answers. Certainly I'm concerned with Heather Gay's eye, and I don't want anyone to cold cock her formerly Mormon ass. I want her to be safe, healthy, and I don't support physical violence, not on these shows or real life. We talk behind each other's backs as God intended. This is not, uh, here on Everything Iconic, we do not support the physical violence However, if there is going to be physical violence, I better get some answers as to who cold cocked Heather Gay's formerly Mormon ass. Otherwise, I'm going to be wondering it until next season. And sometimes they leave us hanging with these mysteries, or sometimes we see a footage in a trailer and then it never airs. And so I'm just hoping that that doesn't happen. Anyway, that's the episode, you guys. So much for listening. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, please listen to that interview with Dustin Milligan on Monday. It will not be a recap. It will be an interview with someone fantastic. It'll be a Thanksgiving episode, and you guys will love it, I think, if you listen to it. So hopefully, you'll give it a listen. As always, find me on social media at Danny Pellegrino on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Be sure to hit subscribe or follow wherever you listen to the podcast. If you start your holiday shopping this week, you can get a signed copy of my book at everythingiconic.store. It makes a great stocking stuffer. Or... Get it from your local bookstore. It's a good, cheap, easy, wonderful Christmas gift. Love you all so much for listening. Let's do our cheese little cool down. Let's take a deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. Let's take another deep breath in. Hold it. Breathe out. I love you all. I love you all. Love you all. Also today I did an interview with like a dream guest of mine and and that'll be out. I think it'll be out this Sunday after Thanksgiving um, or somewhere after Thanksgiving, but it was a dream come true for me. And so I'm so grateful to all of you who listen and share the podcast because you've made my dreams come true, because I get to talk to people that I've dreamed about talking to my whole entire life. So thank you, thank you, thank you. I love you, and I can't wait for you all to hear that one. But in the meantime, stay safe. Happy Thanksgiving if you don't hear from me, but please listen to the episode that will be out next week, because I promise it's a good one. Uh, It's Anthony from Queer Eye. That's who's going to be on for the Thanksgiving week, and he's got some great Bravo opinions, as well as talk about some Thanksgiving stuff. And he was just uh, so lovely and wonderful and handsome and kind and all the good things. So Uh, be sure to stay tuned for that. Love you all. Bye-bye.